Time is running thin for the Dolphins to find a trade partner for wide receiver Cedric Wilson Jr. They're going to get it done. There's a couple things that need to align, and we're going to explore those here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And today on the show, we are exploring what has to go right for the Dolphins to find a trade partner for wide receiver Cedric Wilson. This, of course, was a player that the Dolphins signed in free agency last year to a three-year, $22.05 million contract. And then several weeks later, Tyreek Tyreek Hill became available via trade. And you don't not trade for Tyreek Hill because you signed Cedric Wilson to a three-year, $22 million contract. That's just not good business. And what ends up happening is exactly what you would expect. Cedric Wilson ends up getting marginalized to a degree that he himself did not envision when he chose to sign with the Dolphins. Uh, The Dolphins took full advantage of having Tyreek Hill at their disposal, and he got a ton of volume in the passing game. But now you're in entering into year two. And if you're going to make a change, ideally that's one that would happen before the season so that you can clear the salary cap space and you don't have to avoid, or you can avoid starting to pay his fully guaranteed salary. So the Dolphins have some work to do this summer if they are indeed going to get this done because I think that the natural timeline to make a deal done would be to trade with a team that struck out on wide receivers at the 2023 NFL draft. That obviously did not happen. So what we need to do now is we need to ask ourselves what needs to materialize for this to take place. And I have three bullet points up here, if you're on YouTube, off my shoulder. The finances, the personnel, and the compensation. So let's start with the finances, right? You need to find a team that's willing to take on $7 million in cash due this season. Because that's his, his base salary is $7 million. The Dolphins are already on the hook for the portion of the signing bonus that was deferred into this year from last year when they signed him and gave him uh, the signing bonus, which ended up being $3 million fully guaranteed up front. So $1 million in 2022, $1 million in 2023, $1 million in 2024. That's how they handled the signing bonus. So that's like you're already on the books. You'll have that if you have Cedric Wilson or you don't. That's salary cap space that's being committed. But you also guaranteed $5 million of the $7 million that he's due this year, which is why it's so important for the Dolphins to find a trade partner. Because if you cut him, you still have to pay him the $5 million because it's guaranteed money, fully guaranteed money. So you need to find a team with enough wiggle room that $7 million in cap space isn't going to be a deal breaker for them. Now, of course, the Dolphins could facilitate that by eating some of that money and be committing to pay for it themselves. But that kind of becomes counterproductive to moving on from Cedric Wilson Jr. If you're going to 
increase the dead cap hit anyway, because a certain amount of salary cap space that you could open up, which would be $7 million, is not a small amount of money when you're talking about extending Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer and Rob Hunt and Brandon Jones and uh, a slew of other players, Connor Williams, so on and so forth. Or you could carry that salary cap space over into 2024 if you wanted to as well. So the first thing you have to do is acknowledge it's a $7 million commitment to bring Cedric Wilson in as things currently stand, which gives you about half the league, in my mind, to work with uh, as far as teams that are in a position financially to bring in Cedric Wilson and expect that it's going to be a reasonable acquisition. If you're a team that has like the Tennessee Titans and you desperately need wide receivers, but you only have $8 million in cap space in your top 51, you bring Cedric Wilson in, that's going to take three quarters of your salary cap space. Now, let's be frank, Cedric Wilson's not going to save the Tennessee Titans passing offense that currently has Nick Westbrook-Akini as the wide receiver too. So some of these teams are teams that might be fit from a personnel standpoint, but financially you may be swimming in uphill battle. So I look at the teams in the top half of the league. The Dolphins currently sit 14th in salary cap space, according to SpotTrack.com, with $13.4 million. They do still need to sign Cam Smith and get him under contract. That'll change that number when that happens. Teams in this ballpark. New England, no, we're not doing business there. There are 12. Philadelphia, 12.6. No, thank you. New Orleans is interesting. We'll put in your mark on that football team. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers is interesting. Put in your mark on that team. Those teams are both between $14 and $15 million in cap space. Cleveland and Cincinnati, no thank you. Green Bay, ding, 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 ding. There's a, a gold star there next to that football team. The Houston Texans would make some sense. But are the Houston Texans in a position to attack adding personnel in effectively what is year one of a new head coach with a rookie quarterback Now, you can make a good case to not surround a quarterback with developing players and have a veteran player like Cedric Wilson, and there would be value there. They have $20 million in cap space. I don't think the intersection for the Texans of where they're at as a football team with what the characteristics of making a move to target a wide receiver uh, like Cedric Wilson are are necessarily aligned. So that's that's a hard sell in my eyes. The New York Jets, no thank you. The Arizona Cardinals, $23.3 million in cap space. They'd be a great buyer, but they are facing a very difficult season. They're amongst the worst rosters in the NFL. They're not going to have Kyler Murray for probably at least half the season. Can't imagine they would be buyers at this juncture as well. So even more dramatically than the uh, Houston Texans. The Detroit Lions are an interesting one. Jamison Williams suspended. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. They've tried to build up that wide receiver core a little bit. We'll put an earmark next to that football team as well. They have almost $24 million in cap space. The Indianapolis Colts are another interesting one. I think the same discussion point with the Texans applies to the Colts with how they've kind of been through the ringer in the past 18 months. Obviously, they organically picked in the top five. A really ugly stretch. They've got a new head coach. The Dallas Cowboys... Third on this list with $24 million. The Carolina Panthers with $28 million is another interesting team. They, of course, traded up the number one overall pick. 
and then the Chicago Bears with $32 million. So you have some interesting candidates here between, we'll throw the Panthers in there and the Cowboys and the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, all between 14 and $28 million in cap space. Bringing in the Cedric Wilson money is not a backbreaker for you to have operating expenses for the rest of the season. Is there real interest? Is there a real opportunity on these rosters, though? So the first thing you do is you identify, okay, who, who are the candidates that have the space? And the next thing you ask yourself is, who has the personnel opportunities that would allow Cedric Wilson to have a meaningful role within the offense that would justify them bringing in the dollars that it's going to take and the pick that it would require as well, because this is a, presumably a pick swap. I don't think that there's going to be a player-for-player player exchange here unless you know, the world's aligned perfectly in a utopian scenario for the Dolphins. So we're going to talk about those personnel opportunities next here on Locked on Dolphins, but before we do, right now is the perfect time to make a fast break over to America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, for the NBA playoffs, because right now, new customers with FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 in bonus bets back if your first bet with FanDuel does not hit. $2,500 in bonus bets back on your first bet with FanDuel. There's no better place for all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So I do think the Saints are an interesting team for another reason. And it's the case that the Dolphins have done a lot of business with the New Orleans Saints in the past few years. Uh, New Orleans is a team that is not afraid to buy. They are not afraid to um, spend money. Obviously, they have been the perpetuators of the entire salary cap is a myth thing. Never mind the fact that they have seen their roster dwindle over the past three years or so from attrition, from not being able to retain all of their players that were on rookie contracts because of all the big money contracts they'd committed themselves to. But just hear me out. The New Orleans Saints' top three receivers are Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Brian Edwards. You could also put Traquan Smith on this list, Rashid Shaid, Kirk Merritt, Dolphins legend, and A.T. Perry. These are the top names at wide receiver. James Washington, if you want to include him as a former day two pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is this wide receiver three? Cedric Wilson's probably wide receiver three on this roster, and Michael Thomas hasn't been healthy consistently for forever. I absolutely think there is a certain level of interest here, and with Derek Carr at quarterback, as compared to whether it was Jameis Winston uh, or Ian Book, who the Dolphins played the last time they played the New Orleans Saints, there is... Uh, an opportunity here for this passing offense to get a little bit more depth. Uh, they already brought in one um, player who they didn't trade for him, but he was brought in as a player who was talented but had underachieved in his previous stop with Brian Edwards, another size guy. And I think Traquan Smith and, and Rashid Shaid as your slot receiver type certainly bodes well for Cedric Wilson having an opportunity with this football team to be a player. So I would absolutely put the Saints 
who have $14.28 million in cap space as things currently stand, as a reasonable team to call and make the sales pitch if you're fully committed to moving on from Cedric Wilson Jr. The next team that really grabs my eye is the Green Bay Packers. Of course, there's an added bonus to this being a team that is in the NFC as compared to bolstering a team that might be competing for you down the stretch for a playoff spot. And if you think New Orleans needs a wide receiver, hear me out. Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant DuBose, and Samari Torre, the top six wide receivers on the Green Bay Packers depth chart. What stands out the most about that? Here are the years in which those six wide receivers came into the NFL. 2022, Christian Watson, second round. 2022, Romeo Dubs, fourth round. 2022, Samari Torre, seventh round. 2022, or 2023, excuse me, Jaden Reed, second round. 2023, Dontavian Wicks, fifth round. 2023, Grant DuBose, seventh round. The top six wide receivers have a combined three years of NFL experience. Call this team up. You've got a first-time starting quarterback in Jordan Love. Do you want some veteran experience in your wide receiver room to give you a chance, or are you just going to run the ball 500 times this season with Aaron Jones and with A.J. Dillon? Because if that's the plan, okay, go for it. Godspeed. Best of luck. The Packers are sitting here with $16 million in cap space and very much have the ability to bring on this contract. And from an experience perspective and an opportunity to play perspective, they very clearly are, are coveting youth, athleticism. Jaden Reed is an explosive slot-type player. Christian Watson's one of the more explosive wide receivers in the NFL, despite, despite his lack of experience. How about a little savvy? Would you like a little savvy? And it's not even like there's veterans waiting in the wings here behind it. Jeff Cotton, Malik Heath, Bo Melton, Jada Kiss Bonds as a rookie, and Deuce Watts. That's the entire wide receiver room for the Green Bay Packers. It's a team you should call. See if they're interested in adding a veteran wide receiver to this very young mix. I'll jump to the Detroit Lions, because I, I don't think the Texans, in spite of the Texans having a need at wide receiver, I don't think that they are going to be in a position to buy. And here's the Detroit Lions wide receiver room, and you tell me if you don't think Cedric Wilson can have an impact on this football team as well. The top receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, Marvin Jones, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Trinity Benson, rookie Antoine Green, rookie Chase Coda, Tom Kennedy, Maurice Alexander, and Dylan Drummond, with, of course, Jamison Williams on the suspended list as last year's first-round pick uh, due to violations of the league's betting policy at the team facility. Even if Jamison Williams is not suspended, Cedric Wilson's a more impactful player at this stage in his career than Josh Reynolds. How much does Marvin Jones have left in the tank? Even with Jamison Williams... Never mind the fact that you'll be without Jamison Williams almost half the year. You're talking about Cedric Wilson's probably wide receiver 2.5 for the Detroit Lions, who are expected to compete in the AFC. 
And them having the curveball of the Jamison Williams suspension is the perfect kind of catalyst for a team to go out and find a player and spend a little bit to get a, a roster caliber and, and viable NFL contributor in that room because you never enter an offseason expecting a player to get suspended for gambling violations. Detroit's got almost $24 million in cap space. I mean, you're talking not even a third of their cap space to take the full contract of what Cedric Wilson has right now. It's an interesting football team. The Dallas Cowboys have long, long been the uh, rumored link, and of course that's because Cedric Wilson played his first several seasons in the NFL with the Dallas Cowboys. I think Dallas has a very good one through three. They did make a change. Uh, they, they did cut a player because of uh, a legal issue over this past weekend, but they still have CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. They already traded for Brandon Cooks this offseason from the Texans. Uh, Kevontae Turpin, special teams player, and then a third-round pick in 2022 in Jalen Tolbert. That's a pretty formidable wide receivers one through five, even with an opening in, in the room going into training camp. And then Simi Fehoko is probably their Noah Brown replacement. Uh, Fehoko, a big body type wide receiver. Uh, they had Noah Brown from Ohio State there for a, a little while as a special teams player and primarily a blocker on the perimeter. Not that Cedric Wilson would really fulfill that role for you anyway. But they had a bunch of money that opened up with the Ezekiel Elliott post-June 1st designation release, and it's put them in a position to be players and go out and, and add a couple pieces. I just... I. Not totally sold, especially with Brian Schottenheimer now as the offensive coordinator and Mike McCarthy, a little bit more true West Coasty as compared to Kellen Moore, looking for more chunk plays down the field. I'm not sure that the personnel opportunity aligns with Dallas and Cedric Wilson, even though there's a familiarity there. If the Brandon Cooks thing didn't happen, absolutely. I think it's a no-brainer. And then there's Carolina. It's the last team that I have on my list here. They're top wide receivers. They signed DJ Chark in free agency from Detroit. They signed Adam Thielen in free agency from Minnesota. They have a second-round pick in 2021 from Ter in Terrence Marshall Jr. They drafted Jonathan Mingo in the second round of this year's NFL draft. And then they have LaVisca Chenault, who they traded for as kind of a uh, lottery ticket, if you will as a player who was drafted in the second round by Jacksonville, kind of a positionless player, not really refined as a route runner, more of a scheme touch type player. I think the problem with Carolina as the selling point is they've already gone out and they've gotten a couple veteran guys in Chark and Thielen. And obviously Thielen is the savvy veteran player. Uh, he's come in and, and is probably going to be the volume one for them with them presumably starting a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. I know right now that that coaching staff is talking up, oh, well, it's uh, it's Andy Dalton for the time being, and I'll believe it when I see it. I know that's a, a really ambitious ownership group in Carolina, and I can't imagine they spent traded up for the first pick in the draft and not play him right away. So I think there's already a veteran dynamic with Carolina that makes them less attractive than some of the other options than we've discussed as well, which leaves Detroit, Green Bay, and New Orleans as, in my mind, teams that have the salary cap space and have a need at wide receiver that you could potentially sell 
on getting a deal done. The question now is what do these teams have in compensation and is it something that it would align with the appropriate price for a player who has $5 million in guaranteed salary left. You're presumably going to bring him on for one year. Maybe you pay him for two years. He's due another $7 million in cash the upcoming season. Do you want to play that game? Do you, is it a one-year rental? Those are all questions that the team would have to ask or potentially say, look, if we bring him in, we're, we're probably going to have to restructure him after a year. We're going to cut him in and maybe try to re-sign him on a lesser deal. So lack of long-term viability on the contract and a kind of a disproportionate production last year and even his best year in Dallas versus what you're expecting him to be financially um, is a big part of the negotiation. And I imagine that's been long the sticking point between the Dolphins and one of the teams uh, they, they have had these discussions with. Now, we're going to talk about compensation and what teams have at their disposal. So bring this episode of Locked on Dolphins to a close. The Saints are a mess. <laughs> from a salary cap or from a, a draft pick perspective. Uh, the Saints have a second round pick courtesy of the Sean Payton trade with the Broncos. Okay, and I'm not saying a second round pick with is going to be the price for Cedric Wilson. Just they have their own first round pick in 2024. They traded their own second round pick as a part of the trade to go up for Trevor penning with the eagles and then they string of trades that ended up having them trade their own second round pick but they got a second round pick from the broncos for the sean payton trade which ended up being a first round pick and a second round pick for sean payton they traded their third round pick The Jaguars have their fourth round pick. They have their own fifth round pick. <laughs> They've traded one of their two sixth round picks. And they don't have a seventh round pick next year. <laughs> so they are, are, are confirmed to have a one, a two, a five, and a six. And that's about par for the course for the Saints. They don't like making a lot of picks. They just like going up and getting their guys when they see them. I think probably five would be a dream for Miami. I don't, I don't think you're probably going to be in that range. The fact that they have a six helps, but you don't have a seven. So for Miami, is this a matter of a pick swap? Would a six get it done? You know, they, they, it seems they have two. Uh, one of them is conditional. It's not a great menu it's not like you they have a surplus of draft picks at their disposal now one team that we know does have a surplus of draft picks at their disposal is the green bay packers now they organically have their own picks in rounds one through seven but then they also are getting the aaron Rodgers comp pick compensation pick and that's based off snap percentage if Rodgers gets 65 percent of the snaps for the jets this year the Jets will send a first-round pick to Green Bay next year in advance, or as well. So all the compensation that's already been sent ahead of the draft, and then a one if Rodgers plays 65% of snaps. If not, then it's a two. They don't have anything surplus outside of that, though, but it's always nice to know, hey, you're going to have probably a top 60 pick. Well, 
You're going to have a top 60 pick, top 55 pick, top 50 pick. I don't know how floor the I don't know how low we'll throw the floor right here passive aggressively here for the Jets, but you'll probably have a top 50, 55 pick in the 2024 NFL draft that's a bonus pick on top of your own organic picks that you already have. That gives any team a little bit more flexibility to be able to say, okay, well, you know, you can, with an extra second round pick, I can move down two spots, snap my fingers, and get back the pick that I would send to potentially bring this player in. The Lions have their own one, two, they have two threes, they do not have a four, and then they have a five, six, and a seven. That flip in picks came courtesy of the TJ Hawkinson trade and included some pick swaps. So Detroit has little bonus capital in day two with two third-round picks, but rounds five, six, and seven, they organically have as well. I think as I kind of take everything into consideration that we've talked about here, one of the things that is a little appealing is trying to potentially leverage teams in the division against each other. If you can ignite the fire, if you find that there is a fire for both of these teams to add a wide receiver, that might be how you get a top 175 pick. I don't think it's going to be much more than that if you get that at all. But if it's two teams that are expected to compete in the NFC North and they both want a wide receiver because they both have the salary cap space to do it and they find out they're bidding against another, one another, is either one of these teams with extra day one and day two draft capital at their disposal willing to say, we'll send you five and just lock us in, let's get it done. That would be a dream come true. Now that's a highly optimistic outlook for this end result. And I do think we are at a juncture with Cedric Wilson Jr. that it's, it's not, I, I think, unreasonable to say we might be at past the point of moving on from Cedric Wilson being more valuable for the Dolphins than keeping Cedric Wilson. Oh, it might be just worth it for Miami to have the extra wide receiver depth, bite the bullet on the salary cap space. But I think some of this probably also depends on what your intentions are with some of these other contracts. Are you planning on extending Connor Williams? Are you planning on extending Christian Wilkins this summer? Are you planning on extending Zach Sealer and giving him a significant pay raise? If you are, y'all got to get that cap space done. We'll see if they do. But that would be, that would be my starting point. It would be the New Orleans Saints, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, looking at their depth charts, looking at their assets, looking at their draft capital, looking at their salary cap space. That all adds up for me as viable destinations. Drum it up as best you can. Chris Greer, time to go to work. We got mini camp this week, and then you're quiet for six weeks before training camp opens up. We'll be buckled in, but hopefully this was a nice primer for whatever is to come for Cedric Wilson, assuming something comes. Hope you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. If you like this, hit subscribe. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you're on YouTube, click the like video, comment. Let me know what you think Cedric Wilson's trade value would be. Let me know what you want from a content perspective over the next couple of weeks uh, before rubber meets the road and we're off to training camp, which will be here before we know it. I'm very excited for that. So uh, keep it locked in here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team. Every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Fins up.